0: pete
1: what's What's up up, dusty
0: what's up pete how you doing doing? man
1: do you know what i'm i'm doing good it's a it's a beautiful day in new york city it's summertime the vibes are high yeah you left your laundry out
0: you need to hurry up i need to get my shit in the dryer so anyways uh we got an exciting show today (laughs) tell them about our special guest pete Well,
1: um, after taking me down from that high, we are, no guys, just kidding, because we're getting right back there. We have Dr. Darcy Sterling. Uh, she is joining us today on the pod. She is a relationship expert and the host of E Networks' famously single. She's the former global ambassador of Tinder and her private practice, Alternatives Counseling in New York City, specializes in helping people thrive in their relationships. And let me tell you, She's about to help us thrive in my relationship that doesn't exist yet. And Dustin's currently flowering beautiful relationship
0: <laughs> so oh, i like how you put that that was nice man uh i love that
1: flowering huh? <laughs> you guys hey it's, it's true man i say i call call it like i see it you know you put me down i, I build you up that's our oh dynamic oh my gosh
0: get you out know, of as, here as the roommates but, <laughs> is what but yeah it is. we're super excited for you guys to hear this we got some good stuff um yeah um hopefully we all get a little value from this so shall we get into it
1: let's get into it
0: Right. Dr. Dr. Darcy Dr. Sterling.
1: <laughs> we're both we're both so excited to help have we're you so on so excited. we hold back. We're so excited.
2: Challenge accepted. I'm so excited to be here, guys. Man.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for joining us.
2: My pleasure.
1: We desperately need your help. We're still, for whatever reason, we're we're still as the show title can Say, we're still bachelors in the city. We'd love to change that. And uh, we're hoping that maybe you can give us some tips, and pointers to get us going down that road.
2: I would love to. What do you guys think your greatest dating challenges are? Let me start with you, Dustin.
0: Uh, I would say my greatest—my greatest—I'm sorry— Challenging date. my challenge. Y-
2: your your greatest challenge dating. Well, let me back up and okay. ask what do you what what do you what is your goal? Do you want to be in a relationship? Do you want to date? What are you looking for?
0: I I would go ahead and say that I'm actually in a relationship right now, very new, very fresh. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm kind of out of the dating game. Uh, this kind of just happened all of a sudden. Um, we've been hanging out. Well, I guess I can get to the backstory later of everything i don't guess i don't have to do it right now but yeah i am dating someone uh peter what about you i'm not uh, what's, married- <laughs> what's
1: your goal buddy i guess i guess it's a bachelor now i know no more bachelors no you're you're a
0: bachelor until you get married
2: no 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 oh is that right i was thinking that in my head i was like you guys gonna have to change the name of the the show like how's I that know, gonna work we're gonna
0: have to go single not until, not until you get
1: married is that so okay that's true because you have a bachelor party no i um yeah, I, I'm very single. I, uh, but it's been good for me. I, you know, it's something that I need I've needed for, I think a long time coming. I think for me, I focused so long on a relationship, uh, you know, the last two years of my life before coming out to New York, that's literally what my life kind of revolved around. Um, so with that, it was a lot of pressure, a lot of stress or whatnot. i you know, relationships not working out. And, and I think too, for, uh, to not have, a, a kind of a large gap to just focus on myself and be by myself and be okay with that. Like, this is, I, be, I think now this is eight months, eight, eight going on nine months now of being single. And I can't even remember the last time that I had that kind of period in my life. So um, it's definitely, you know, an adjustment, but I'm, I'm enjoying it and I'm grateful for it. Yeah.
2: What? Tell me a little bit about your dating history, Peter. Like what are your, what are your Achilles heels?
1: My Achilles heels. What are the I, common
2: complaints that you hear among the women?
1: <laughs> God.
2: i'm just gonna go right in so, right like so
1: gonna, we've
2: had our coffee come
1: on we've had our coffee so i'm gonna direct you to a little tv show you can go and watch it and find out how um yeah all the all the complaints still the, no. spill the spill the tea buddy no i listen i would say so i'm definitely i have been i have been a a big kind of people pleaser in the past right and You know, that's definitely kind of gotten me in trouble. Specifically, like with relationships, I, I think my biggest struggle is I'm such a perfectionist, right? I, and I've always, that's just my nature. That's how I've always been. And for like, you know, my career, it's a great thing. You want a pilot that's a perfectionist in regards to safety, but you know, with relationships, it's been so hard. I know that nobody's perfect. I'm not, I get that, but I, I, because I feel like I'm so emotional, I'm so like in touch with my feelings. I'm a very like, I'm a hopeless romantic. I I am. And I, I'll say that till the day I die. I, I think sometimes maybe I have this image in my head of what a relationship looks like, or it's going to look like for me. And, you know, especially maybe in the beginning stages, if it's not that, or as we get into the relationship, if that kind of fades a little bit, I internally kind of like freak out a little bit. And I'm like, you know, I'm always under like the mindset, I'm never going to settle. I'm never going to, you know, if I'm not feeling this a hundred percent, like I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm just, life's too short to, to, to fake something. And I, I guess, I guess to kind of sum this up I'm kind of all over the place, I feel like sometimes the hopeless romantic in me kind of backfires because I put such this high level of expectation in my head and I understand that it'll never probably be met. And so I think I've been really kind of, like in these last, you know, eight, nine months, really just realizing that and just like observing how I have been in the past and like how I want to try to change myself and mature and moving forward. So I think that's probably my biggest Achilles heel is honestly the hopeless romantic.
2: And how does that play out in relationships?
1: (sighs) It starts off great. It starts Uh off very passionate, a lot of fire. And I'm all about that. Um, And then naturally as a relationship kind of, matures that, you know, whether that's that, you know, the honeymoon phase or whatnot, that obviously starts to fade. That's just human nature. And, and I just, for whatever reason, I like, it's because like, I, so I've, you know, I've seen my parents and my parents have such a beautiful relationship, you know, long marriage. And I see all these years later, how happy they're with each other. My dad, you know, when I was still living at home, my dad would go on a trip, he'd come back and my mom, you know, and him would embrace and just, you know, kiss each other, be so happy when he got home from a trip. And like that fire, that spark was still there. And So like, I guess I've grown up seeing that and like, that's a model of what I wanted. And so if for whatever reason, the smallest little thing, just like, "Ah, I don't know how I feel about that, or it's starting to fade a little bit, or it's not how it used to be. If I'm being completely honest with you guys, I feel like maybe I self-sabotage the relationship a little bit.
2: Okay. So you like beginnings. You like the beginning. You like when the, when all the neurochemicals are like making us high and we're obsessed with the person and, you know. We never want our clothes on. We just want to have sex. You <laughs> love that. I mean, who doesn't love that part of a relationship? And right. then what That's happens is that you you get to the middle part um, of a relationship where you know as as trust is built, people begin to show different parts of themselves, and as safety happens in the relationship, people start to test one another and. What most people make the mistake of is thinking that the bickering, the fighting, the arguing, the tension is a sign of the relationship being wrong. It's just, a, it's like, it's like, you know, when you were, I know nothing about fucking flying, by the way. So I'm just about to give you a, <laughs> okay. I'm about to give you a pilot analogy that I don't even know if it's going to land. Ha ha. Let's hear it. Um, hey, look at that.
1: But no you know, intended. like
2: Right. But you know, like when I'm guessing when you start to fly a plane, you're not so good. But the instructor, instructors are telling you like, you're going to suck in the beginning of this. These things are going to happen in the beginning of this. Yeah. And you're expecting it to happen. What happens in relationships is that nobody tells us that bickering and arguing and being in a little bit of a power struggle, this is all normal part of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And but But we see this, we think it's a warning sign. We think, oh shit, I'm not going to have the relationship that my parents have. And we're like... I'm out. This is not the right person. When in reality, that is the time, that second stage of the relationship, where you can begin to flex your relationship muscles, and if you have them, and learn how to resolve conflict, how to communicate with each other. But you also said you're a people pleaser. So as a people, people pleasers tend to be the worst at communication because they tend to tell us what we want to hear right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Does that,
2: does that land at
1: you're, all you, for you? Yeah. You're 100% spot on. And, and I've known that. And that's something I've, you know, in the last year I've, I've been trying to work on and, and get better. at, And I have, um, you know, definitely the show kind of was a trial by fire and just kind of forced me to like, I can't be like that, but yeah, you're, you hit, you hit the nail on the head with that. Absolutely.
2: And the thing is if you can muscle through that that second stage of the relationship the goal is to get to that part where your parents are and that's called mindful love most relationships live and die in that center part they they um they they like either stay there and it's like a cold war you can you've seen those couples those They're like grown people who like you can feel the tension in the air like they have nothing nice to say to each other, but they still (laughs) cohabitate and stay together for the kids. I say in air quotes, which is just bullshit. They just don't want to go through whatever a divorce is involved, whatever is involved with a divorce. Um, But really, most relationships wind up either living there or they or the or people see the problems in the relationship and they're like, I'm out because they see it as if it's. A problem. Really, it's an opportunity to bond and get closer by learning how to navigate relationships because we're different people. We come from different worlds. We have different childhood experiences. We're, of course, going to have different opinions. We can't possibly find clones of ourselves, even though Mm -hmm. we all try, right? That's why we're like, I have so much in common with that person. Like, they finished my sentences. Like, we really, really try. Dustin, I promise I'm on to you soon. I promise.
0: You're like, I'm so
2: glad I'm not in the hot seat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I've I'm actually, I'm, en- I'm learning a lot. Thank you for this. Please keep going. Yeah,
2: no, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. You know what else I wanted to say to both you guys? Those shows are absolutely brutal and the most amazing opportunities there are. Because if you can really watch the show and see yourself, it's like 10 years of therapy. It's like, when do you get to see the videotape of how you behave?
0: I mean, I'm frankly,
2: I'm frankly glad I don't get to see that in my life, but I would certainly love to see that in my client's life. And if you're one of those people who's thirsty for growth, personal growth, then you, you can look at that and you can, you can really, you can pull out some meaningful takeaways. And it sounds to me, Peter, like you did. Like you yeah. saw some parts of yourself there that we don't normally see.
1: Yeah. No. I. I. I mean. Yeah. You're. You're so right about that. It's been. It's been tough to watch. You know. I haven't watched it back a second time, but just watching it back. You know, as it was airing, um, it was tough in a lot of ways. And going back to what you said. Yeah, you're. You're right. I, for whatever reason, I. You say you kind of get to that second segment of the relationship where you kind of flex the muscles if you have them.
2: Or you jet. Or you get the hell out because you see it as probably, you see it and you're like, oh shit, I don't want this. And that's but what i Really done. the only way through, it's like, you know, if you, if, if the first time you went to the gym, you had no expectation that you were going to be sore and destroyed the next day, you'd be like, fuck, I am never going back to the gym again. I'm never yeah. doing that. That hurt. That wasn't good. But if there was somebody in your life who could say to you, Peter, this is totally normal. This is an opportunity for you to learn how to really speak your truth and be direct because people who tend to be people pleasers um, tend to be conflict avoidant. And ironically, they create the conflict they want to avoid because they don't tell people the truth. And I'll bet you you wind up. (laughs) I bet you wind up with like neurotic women who are like constantly questioning you, right? Like, so people like you tend to attract women who have this sixth sense and can tell like they have bullshit meters. And they're like, he's on, he's not is he really telling me the truth? And and that creates a dynamic that actually helps you to be quiet and not step into your ability to express yourself. You'd be better off finding a a like a passive beta woman mm-hmm. who also didn't like conflict. And then you would actually have to be the one to communicate, but that would create a whole okay. different, that would create a whole different set of problems.
1: Set of issues. I, and yeah, I get it. No, no relationships. Perfect for sure. But man, you're, you're spot on. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> wow. I definitely yeah. have attracted some of those women. I'm not
0: going to lie. You're taking so. notes, buddy. Taking no, notes.
1: I, I, I for sure am. Um, Wow. Okay. Well, Dusty, what are you, uh,
2: (laughs) how long in are you? You're in a honeymoon, right? Dustin.
0: Um, so we've been hanging out since March, very casual. Just honestly, just be honest. We were just like hookup buddies, you know, something very casual. Like we go to dinner once a week, hang out and that was it. And I wouldn't text her. I wouldn't call her. Um, that was it for a while. And there was no pressure. She wasn't, like, pressuring me or nagging me or... She was never mm-hmm. even asking me to hang out at all. It was always, like, me just, hey, what you do you want to do? You want to get some dinner? and hang out? Like, once a week for the longest time. And then probably around June, it started to turn a new leaf until, like, we really started, like, spending time with each other. They, she had great qualities about her. She was brutally honest, um, seemed very loyal and very charming. So... And yeah, yeah, here we are now. So, uh.
2: I'm sorry. So, is your. Or, historically, do you find that women are pursuing you and like wanting to be in a relationship and wanting to. Do they generally give you the space that this woman gave you?
0: No. I've had yeah. You know, I've had girls that have like been very clingy. Like yeah, wanting. she's
2: smart. This one's smart. She's she played so smart. it right. She, she, she she's awesome.
0: So, she's I, very I really smart. like her. She's so smart. She she got me good. Now I'm in my fills. Um, but
2: uh-huh. <laughs> and and. You didn't expect it.
1: No, he, I didn't he expect
0: didn't. it. I told I told Peter and my other buddies like, no, this isn't going to go anywhere. This is just cool, casual. This is perfect. And before Destin I Dustin was
1: the guy that was he was so we have like our group like our solid group of four like best friends. We always hang out and you know we're all. We were all single and Dustin was always the one that that was that was like, guys, just like, listen, just enjoy this period. We're in New York. Like we're young. Just, you know, enjoy this period of our life. A relationship will come. Don't focus on that. Like that's that's not what you got to have your mind on. And then uh-huh. boom. And they always say it happens when you least expect mm-hmm. it, when you're not looking. And then it's and I'm so happy for Dusty because I love I love the girl he's he's referring to. I don't know if you want to put her name out there yet, but um.
2: <laughs> probably not
1: yeah
2: no, no, no. <laughs> just be, just be just being a big sister, just, okay. yeah. yeah yeah, yeah,
0: but yeah, these guys were like they were like, you know, Peter is very eager, he wants to be in love, he wants that honeymoon beautiful phase, I'm like, relax, let's just have a good time, it'll yep. happen when it happens, and I'm over here talking all this shit like that, and boom,
2: mm-hmm. I'm the one
0: that fucking hit, and <laughs> but I'm happy though, it's good though, I'm excited and um lucky, very very lucky. So,
2: so Dustin, this isn't your first relationship, right?
0: No, no.
2: You've had them before. So what have been your, uh, the common, the feedback that you've received from women?
0: My, I've been in three long-term relationships. The first one was from high school to college. I was very immature. I was probably, a, I was more so of a terrible guy, probably, you know, uh, cheating and hanging out and not spending much time with her and whatnot. I was in high school and college. So, no. You know,
2: yeah, she's my patient now. I'm kidding. <laughs> <She's
0: testing. laughs> no doubt.
2: No doubt she's investing a hundred thousand in therapy from those well, wounds that you inflicted. But I'm just I'm playing with you, were, Dustin. We were
0: kids. We were kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everyone kinda goes through that stage or whatnot. The second relationship was more so like I guess we were a little toxic in the sense of like just trying to up one another and maybe also being a little too um flirty with other people and making each other jealous, which was,
1: Which like, I want to talk about in a little bit, but please continue.
0: Yeah, and that was the second one. So a lot of arguing and whatnot, and that that failed. The third relationship was me trying to give it all. And I'm not saying I was ever the best boyfriend, but I was better than I much was in the past, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think communication was our downfall. Communication was just off. And then when your communication's off, there's a lot of miss. There's a lot of things that could just go on in the head that, roam around and you have questions about, you know, if you don't communicate it. And so that was just a a bad crash and burn relationship. And then I did the bachelorette and I kind of learned these qualities of communication. And so far, like me and her name's Kat have been like communicating like so well, like we just communicate through every step of the way. Like, what is this? What are we like ever since like turning that new leaf into a
2: relationship?
0: But yeah, that's. It.
2: soak up these days, man, while you're in the honeymoon, it is, these are wonderful days, really like, like soak it up, be a sponge because, uh, you know, the goal is that this stage of your relationship is going to fortify you and create the foundation that will allow you to get into the next stage. And then, you know, you could just text me and be like, what do I do? And I'll be like, here's what you do. Straight up, you know what I'm saying? Because Doc, like, Doctor
0: Darcy's got you, us. You just open a can of worms. Are you sure about I, that? I'm not I'm afraid.
2: T- Listen, I just I'm was t- texting. I was just texting Paulie last night. It's fine. Oh, there you go. Not a problem. <laughs> that, I'm gonna that blow so you cool. up.
0: I'm gonna blow you up. Bless it's her heart. fine.
2: I'm oh, not man. afraid. But like, nobody teaches us these skills. You know what I'm saying? It's like it, the, the thing about relationships are like the second hardest job in the world, second to parenting. Parenting skills are the hardest things in the world, and to, to, and we don't teach them. We don't teach parenting skills. We don't teach relationship skills. And the subtext to not teaching it is that somehow it should just be organic. We should just know them. And, you know, Peter, I love your example of how, um, loving and, uh, still passionate your parents are for one another, because my best friend from childhood has parents very similar. I mean. They're literally, they're my role model. They're my relationship role model to this day. Mm -hmm. But you know what's so interesting? They made it look so easy that she didn't learn relationship skills. She never learned it because she didn't have the bad example of like, there was no cautionary tale. It just looked like the shit should just happen naturally. And it doesn't work that way. Their skills, their tools. And, um, yeah, yeah, there's
1: so many lessons in, in the negative that that makes complete sense.
0: That does, right. make, that does make sense.
2: I actually I feel like every
0: one of my friends that parents had like great relationships. They always have like terrible relationships. OK, kind come of, on. I mean, on. I mean, I mean, s- have
1: some faith in I'm here. not saying <laughs> you,
0: but I'm just saying like i friends I've had in the past. It's that's actually really funny. And they've always said, like, I, I want a relationship like my parents. And I don't know. It's almost kind of like I feel it's almost like Michael Jordan's kids. You know, uh, you know, what I just like but the
2: the difference between that is. I bet you he did drills with his kids, and I was just going to give the analogy of like the parent that's like really financially wealthy and doesn't teach their kid, you know, financial management skills or or business management skills. They they're they're all skills. It's you know what I'm saying. When,
1: when are you going to learn them? Yeah, that's the yeah. If you don't see it, how 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 else would it happen?
2: They and. And it's not enough to just see it. It's wonderful to have that example, but you need it broken down. You need it yep. broken down for you. Um, yeah. Spend a night at dinner here. You'll hear my wife and me have a fight, make up from the fight, and I'll give you blow by blow of what happened. I'll diagram the whole <laughs> thing out for you because I, I don't even you know. I mean, it's silly. like we're so done. Tra- we, we so don't try to do the perfect dance as a couple. We each try to do the perfect dance individually. I think that you and I have that in common, for sure.
0: I want to hear more about you and like your TV show, uh, famously single, and how did that start? And yeah, give us give us the scoop of your backstory and how everything formed.
2: So it's so weird. I didn't have any desire to be on television. I had just moved to New York. had my private practice that started in Jersey, brought it over here to New York City. I wrote a book. Um, and wanted and I wanted to publish it. Had a manager, and the manager was just like, "So if you want a book, this is like what 2009, 2010." I was such a holdout for social media. I I had nothing. I wasn't on Twitter. I wasn't on Facebook. There wasn't Instagram at that point. My manager was like, listen, you're starting to look creepy. You either have to get on social media and start blogging and start creating a platform. I'm like, what's a platform? She's like, that's a (laughs) thing that people stand on so that the people that buy your book can see that you're speaking to a room that's not empty. So I, you know, I started doing all the things. I got on social media. I started blogging um, and... As I did all those things, it turned out that networks started reaching out to me um, and different production companies started reaching out to me. E was actually the for e network was the first um was the first network to reach out to me. They planted uh-huh, cool. the seed in my head. Um, and I'll never forget it. And I still have such a great relationship with the executives that I met back then who weren't executives. They were mid-level career people, and now they're like running everything over at the network. I'll never forget that first meeting. It was so wonderful. And I was so arrogant. This was like a year or two, I don't remember exactly when the Kardashians started, but I remember being in a conference room in New York City because we didn't have video calls at the time. So I had to go to the Time Warner Conference Center. I was all alone in this huge room and there was this huge flat screen TV that that everyone from L.A. popped up on. And it was a group interview. And They were like, so have you ever thought about being on TV and in my arrogance and ignorance, I was like, "Yes, but I just want to be clear. I never want to be a Kardashian." Can I just tell you, <laughs> I would offer you a kidney. I would give you a kidney to be a Kardashian. A- anyone would, right? But who knew? <laughs> who knew? That like, I mean, awesome. I was just like, I was just young and dumb. So, uh, but somehow I didn't turn them off. So the seed was planted in my head. It was a really nice meeting, uh, and then they courted me like over several years. You know, every time they come out to New York to do casting for something, they would always meet with me. And I wound up having my television debut with them. You know, I did a few development deals trying to do. And the point is, is that it, it, it planted the seed. And suddenly I wanted to do the thing that I did in my office, but reach more people. I wanted to teach the relationship skills that I teach eight hours a day. I wanted to reach more people than I can in my office. So it was so random. I had had several development deals that didn't get sold. A development deal, just for the masses, is when a production company has a television concept that they want to build around an individual, they make a little thing called a sizzle. They sell it or they don't. Mine didn't sell. And then I got this random request to audition for this show. They flew me out to L.A. I came home and I got the show and I was like, I'm going to have to think about it for a minute. I took two weeks to answer because I was like, I'm not a couples counselor. I teach relationship skills to individuals. My wife is a couples counselor. That's a whole different skill set. I don't know how she does what she does, but I don't want to do that. And Mm -hmm. so I really had to wrap my head around like, can I legitimately host this show and, and do this job? And, um, you know, I came around to it and, uh, Definitely zoomed my wife in a few times when it was rough there on both both those seasons. I was like, I do not know what to do with these people, and she would talk <sighs> me down and tell me what to do. It's you know, it's like you get two for the price of one in this family. Well, that's so that's a, yeah, that's the story of the television show. <laughs> Wait, so
0: your your wife's a marriage counselor?
2: My wife's a a, a couples therapist. A couples therapist. Yeah, she teaches she teaches relationship skills to two people at a time, um, and I do it to one person at a time.
0: Do you guys ever butt heads on like no this is how this sh-. like I could I could only well I'll let you yeah
2: <laughs> Let's just start by saying that I'm 10 years ahead of her in my career. So the only way for her so when we met she was much younger than me. We met in in grad school. I was getting my PhD, she was getting her masters at NYU. So like I looked like a guru to her. And that set up this weird dynamic that we don't struggle with it anymore, but I want to say it took, until like the last three, four years, it was rough, man. It was rough. You you see this not that I'm at all comparing myself to a celebrity, but you do see this with celebrity couples where where there's a little bit of competition with one another. And I used to say to her, Steph, the only way you're catching up to me clinically is if I die for 10 years. <laughs> That's the, the only way you're catching up to me. You're doing great. She's She is like a G. So yeah, do we butt heads? Constantly. It keeps a spice in our life. There she doesn't go. agree with me. She's not like a, she loves me to death and is not a fan. All at the same time. She loves me oh, to love death, that, but she is, she is not going to blow glitter up my dress. She won't do I it. That,
1: she, I, you, I can respect that. What, what would you say is, it, you know, obviously it's more with, with your wife, but with relationship uh, ther- uh, couples therapy, when is too soon to be looking at that? Like if you're not married, you're shaking your head Like
2: now, like I'm, I'm like Dustin, get Kat on the phone and we'll connect the two of you to Steph. Truly. No, let me just tell you this. because, So the first question I wanted to ask you guys, which you both answered very honestly, and you passed the litmus test, was I wanted to know what you did wrong in past relationships. I think that's the first question you want to ask anyone when you're dating. It sounds like I'm not answering your question, Peter, but I promise I'm coming right back to it. You'll get there. Okay. So- that's the first question that I want to ask people because I want to make sure that they're they've learned they've been able to like take their own inventory and learn from their own. If, if everything's somebody else's fault, you're not going to grow and you're not going to be any better in the next relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, I totally forgot the question. What was it, Peter?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my <laughs> thank you for the honesty. Um, no, it was. Is, is it ever too soon to think about couples therapy?
2: Right. So the second question that I think people should ask, like on the first date is, how do you feel about couples therapy? Because it is so important to be willing to do the process because we, listen, you guys, top of the pandemic, Steph and I called a couples therapist. We got in once a week, three months later, twice a week. Two months later, three times a week. We just got back down to one time a week. Okay, I'm telling you. Throughout the course of your relationship, you're going to need a tune up. You're going to need a tune up, especially if you're in lockdown during like a biblical plague, and both therapists and can't get away from each other, and you're the <laughs> and you're the and you're the only two people that you guys see. Like, I mean, if that's I'm just going to say Steph and I are never divorcing. We just passed the biggest test in the world. All of which is to say we're in couples counseling. Everyone needs to be willing to go into the process because you learn. It's like it's like being in school and you've got like, think of the therapist not as somebody who's going to like drill down on your weaknesses, but who's going to teach you skills and is going to help bring the two of you together. Um, when the guy tells me, what I'm doing wrong, which is every single session, every single Monday, that's how I start my my weeks. Can you imagine? It's the first it's appointment of, of the day. I know.
0: Negative reinforcement.
2: I truly, I appreciate it because really nobody else will tell me that stuff. Mm-hmm. And very few people can see that stuff in me. He sees it. So I want to be a better wife to her. I want to be a better partner. I want to be a better mother, a better friend, a better a better therapist. I'm better in all of my relationships as I build my relationship skills. So being willing to go into the process is everything. And I don't think it's ever too soon. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, one of the, Steph and I also have online courses that we offer. This is so not a pitch, but I'm just answering your question. One of the courses that we launch annually is called Relationship Skills Bootcamp. And That course teaches relationship skills to individuals, couples, doesn't matter whether you're single or in a relationship. And lots of people do it when they're single, because actually the best time to learn relationship skills is either, oh, you guys are in perfect spots for this, at the honeymoon phase, because you're not being triggered left and right, or when you're single, because you're not being triggered left and right. Yeah. If you wait until there's squeaks in the relationship, I mean, it's totally fixable. It's just now you're dealing with like feelings, some negative feelings and some injuries. And and, and it's a little bit more complicated. I mean, most therapists only see people when they're limping. Mm-hmm. We tend to see people preventatively or people who just want more out of life. But, you know, I don't think it's ever too soon to be to go into couples counseling. And I just think everybody needs to do it. But find somebody who really is qualified. Because I'll tell you, before Steph got certified in couples counseling, I used to say on my profile that I did that. I watched what she went through. I was like, oh, I do not do that. I took that right off my bio. I was like, I do not have the skills to do what you do.
1: Wow. Um,
2: It's a very specialized field. And I will tell you, we've been to bad couples therapy. I'm going to say it's worse than none at all. We were in one couples therapy session where, where the therapist let us do the same shit that we do at home, which is to say, I ripped her a new asshole. not proud of this. (laughs) Steph got so upset with me that she got up and left. The therapist got up and ran after her. They're they're running down the New York city streets after each other. I was like, oh my God, I can, you can't, you can't script this shit. I was like, (laughs) just so you know, that's a very inappropriate thing for the therapist to ever do is run after a client. You don't do that. You let the client go out the door. If she needs to go out the door better yet, you don't let the other member of the couple, eviscerate the wife in couples counseling. Because you don't want to replicate the same thing in that office that you do at home. You want to start new habits. Mm -hmm. But that's why you need somebody who knows how to manage two people, not one person. And that's why I don't do that stuff. Because I don't know how to do it.
0: I really like how you said that too. You should ask it early on like when you're dating because that's a good point. You need you want to date someone that's going to be open to it. And some people are just you don't want to put all this time and energy into a relationship then when it comes time that well, you should do it before, but you you don't want to yeah, hit a brick wall and then there's nowhere else to go, you know? So I really like that. And I do have a question that just popped in my head. What is your favorite like marriage counseling or relationship counseling like movie scene or Cause I'm just thinking in my head about all these different ones. Like there was one with uh, how to lose a guy in ten days. There was also one, what happens in Vegas that was pretty funny. What was the What was the one that you were that you showed me the movie with? Um, uh,
1: Two can play that game or something.
0: Two can play that game, but that wasn't really counseling. That was like more like friendship counseling, I would say. But do you have right, a favorite right. movie?
2: I'm impressed that you guys know so many rom coms.
0: Oh, we hey, love I rom-coms. I told you, we're the hopeless romantics. We <laughs>
1: love really? When we when we moved to New York, we like, I mean, they're all pretty much centered around New York. But we literally we had like no furniture, and so we had our <laughs> our uh, blow up mattresses. And we just like planted them in the living room. We had our TV. That was the only piece of furniture we had. Only piece of that furniture. Yeah. Watch New and York just watch rom-coms. <laughs> New York rom-coms. That's all we did.
2: <laughs> that is so cute. I mean, I love anything with J. I love anything with J Lo in it. I'm a hopeless romantic. Also, listen, I sell hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I didn't believe this stuff. I couldn't do it. I, 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 there's not any amount of Botox that could make me give you tell you words that I didn't believe because it would show all over my face. There is there is yeah. no. I have a feeling or a thought, and it's no sooner in my head than it resonates on my face, and usually it falls out of my mouth. So I really I love a happy ending. I'm disappointed when there's not a happy ending. I have so many and they're like a little embarrassing because they're just like the happily ever after. That's what I right. that's what I that's what I fall for. I fall for the happily ever after.
1: That's that's what we're all after. We're obviously we're definitely going to try to sign up for some of these courses that you're taking or that you're that you're now offering. We see you have a new course coming out on jealousy.
2: Yes, yes.
1: Jealousy in a relationship, red flag, something something to feel guilty about. What uh what do we do with that feeling? What what do you have to I think cause I think everyone has obviously experienced that feeling at one point. What do you have to say about that?
0: Before you get started, I just want to ask too. Like I think it's it's good. I think it's healthy. I don't know if it's right, I mean wrong, but I think it's kind of good to have a, a certain amount of jealousy. And I'm kind of playful with my jealousy. So like saying like me and Kyler walking down the street, I see this handsome guy or while and I'm just being silly, acting like I'm being jealous. Like, are you looking at his... I don't know. I'm just like playful jealousy or whatnot. I, I, that-
1: and I, I see it. And I'll add, before you go, Dr. Darcy, I, I feel like, yeah, it's act, a little bit of it is healthy. And I think healthy in the way that it lets you truly see your feelings and where you're at. If there's zero jealousy, you probably shouldn't be in that relationship, in my opinion, because you don't feel enough. But I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong. You're You're the pro, so.
0: Yeah. My psycho... <laughs>
2: Can I just ask you, Dustin, you told, you said that in the relationship before two relationships ago, I think you said that you guys would trigger each other jealousy wise. Yeah. What what, can you tell me what you mean by that?
0: Uh, Like just being probably like more flirtatious to someone else.
2: And and was that so that you could see if, if she cared?
0: No, that was, I think I was just spiteful. If I saw her doing that, I was going to do the same thing. Like. Forget you. What now might like if I have jealousy now and like she doesn't make me jealous at all? It's like almost playful jealousy. Like if a handsome guy is walking by and it's clearly he's handsome, I'll like cover her eyes or something like that. You know, stuff, cute stuff like that. I don't know. But nothing that's toxic.
2: Yeah, jealousy is completely normal. We're all born with the capacity to feel jealousy. It's a normal human emotion. And most of us can recall either having felt jealous as little kids. Or having seen like siblings become jealous of our relationship with our parents or whatever, you know, you see jealousy presenting kids as young as like three, four, five years old. Everyone can feel jealous. We've all felt it. Where it becomes problematic is when it gets so obsessive jealousy, which is the term that I coined to to define the type of jealousy that warrants work is, is when you have a fear of losing the person that you're in a relationship with or losing a person that you're not in a relationship with, and it interferes with your ability to go through the relationship. The person has complained about your jealousy. It's a common thing you've heard in other relationships. It keeps you up at night. It causes you, I mean, now that we have social media, it can cause you to go diving down social media, searching on the person's, you know, Facebook page or Instagram page or whatever, looking for every ex or every female that's liked a comment or with the fire emojis. Their levels of jealousy can be so toxic in relationships. And ironically, jealousy is, it's the third most common reason for people going to couples counseling. It is the fourth most common reason for divorce right behind infidelity, money issues, and drug and alcohol use. Can you imagine? And and like, and so many people, like everybody knows that girl. And I'm going to say girl, because my course is mostly this particular course is geared towards women. Everybody knows that girl from high school, or junior high school who was a little bit jealous with her boyfriend and just as everybody aged out of it she just didn't it became infused in her personality and then in every relationship that she engaged in jealousy became a thing that was a problem a wedge between her and the person that she's in a relationship with and oftentimes this happens with people who are so highly successful in every other area of their life you know which is just terrible Because and the person who is most tortured by jealousy, it's not the partner, even though that's everybody's eyes go towards the partner because we feel sorry for the partner. We're like, oh, that's a lot to have to deal with. But truly, the person who struggles with jealousy is tortured because you can't get away from yourself. You know, you're always with that inner critic and that part of you that is terrified, insecure, uncertain, looking for a level of certainty that simply doesn't exist in relationships. So I built this course to literally cure people of their jealousy. And we're just about to launch that course in in the in the coming days, um, wow. which I'm really excited about. I spent three years researching this this issue. I literally thought this course was going to take me a week to create. It took two plus years. Two plus years, and then I put it in beta, and I had all the people giving us feedback on what they liked and what they didn't like, and we kept tweaking it until it got to the level that it's at today. So I'm so excited to to launch this course because there's nothing on the market for it.
1: Yeah, no, that's that. Wow, uh, I am excited for you. That's that's amazing. I I really do feel like yeah, jealousy. That could be just. One of the ugliest emotions, traits I think that you can bring into a relationship. And
2: it's not sexy. It, you know no, what I mean? That's and, sexy that's like, about it. and people who struggle with jealousy, they know that they struggle with jealousy and they try to hide it. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with who tell me they're in a relationship, their boyfriend has no idea that they're tortured by it. I'm like, wow. A, that's impressive that they yeah. have no idea. I'm not sure if that means that there's something wrong with the guy or that this person is really well managed behaviorally. But B, How terrible to walk around with that. It's like a dirty secret because it's like it's like it's like wearing a banner that you're insecure. But the insecurity is it's so complicated to explain how jealousy comes to be a thing. But it is absolutely curable, absolutely curable. And this course will be evidence based. So people will be taking a a pretest before they take the course and a post test it will be evidence based wow. and i really look forward to um to, to to springboarding some solutions and hopefully other people will build some courses as well because we really need to do something about it we have an epidemic of jealousy which by the way the pandemic had kind of like put put had soothed in people it minimized yeah. it because like everybody was in lockdown and when nobody's going out what is there to be what is there to be insecure about? What is there to be concerned about? There's nothing.
1: So would would you say would you say then on the spectrum of jealousy, there's no there's no place at all. Whether it be a very small amount where it's a little bit healthy for a relationship, there's no place for it.
2: That's not what I'm saying at all. So it just so happens that I have a I have a quiz that will tell you if you fall on the spectrum of obsessive jealousy, different from normal jealousy. You did jealousy. say that, that's right. Yeah. And yep. it's, it's jealousyquiz.com it takes you 5 seconds to answer 5 questions and many people score 0 on that because i'm assessing for a specific type of jealousy gotcha. i mean and so is there any level of jealousy yeah i mean if i imagine my mother my mother oh my god what a forty <laughs> What a footing slip that was. C- go with that. Good lord. Let's not. If I imagine <laughs> my wife becoming emotionally close to another woman, I yeah could I could cobble up jealousy inside of me. And I'm not a jealous person. Yeah. Which which it's like the only relationship problem I don't I don't have. I've had every <laughs> single other one of them. That's part of how I'm effective with my clients. But I I think that anybody, if they felt truly threatened, but but it's like Are you seeing a threat in front of you or are you imagining a threat that doesn't exist? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And that's what this quiz determines. It it draws a distinction between normal jealousy. Look, if your partner complains that you're jealous, it's a problem. There. That's the answer to that question. Your, Your partner should not be complaining that you're jealous. You should not be trying to manage your jealousy by controlling your partner's behaviors or by asking for levels of reassurance. If that's, if that's something that you struggle with, I would say either like Dustin, the partner may be intentionally provoking you. And then I'd say that that's a messed up relationship. Get away from that mm-hmm. one. Or yeah. I would say that, you know, it, you, you probably have to look in the mirror. You probably have some wounds to heal. But the good news is it's totally healable.
0: Love it. When people like meeting each other, are you a fan of dating apps, social media? Um, Good question. Something just organically or maybe like s- someone setting people up like, hey, I got a friend. What's what's been your, I guess, most success um, stories that you've seen or what do you what do you think doesn't work and does work?
2: I, I think it all works. I think that okay. wanting to organ look, we all want to organically run into the person of our dreams. It doesn't work that way most often. And now we've got technology that makes it so much more easy. But with that comes this onslaught of choice, right? And like it, the the choices that the the number of people that become available to us when we go online and do online dating can be so overwhelming that it becomes like people either never meet up in person or it becomes like a part-time job, which is miserable. Nonetheless, you know, I am a fan of mindfully if you want to be in a relationship, put it out there, you know? I mean, there are relationship apps specifically for that. That said, I used to be the global ambassador for Tinder, and I will say I've met plenty of people who are happily married who met on Tinder, which was supposed to be a hookup app which was never supposed to be a hookup app, but it became branded as one, and They're very, very happy. And I've also met people who became fuck buddies on Hinge. You know, I just think that you need to put out there what your intention is. I think it's really, really important to like scream that from the rooftop. If you don't want to be in a relationship, that needs to be blasted all Mm -hmm. over your profile. Um, But I think that dating apps are amazing. And I think that if, you know, if I was single, I'd be all over that. (laughs)
0: Uh uh-huh nice whoa hey this was a lot of great information you guys this this is this was
1: some great great info i am so happy we had you on
0: oh you boys
1: Seriously though,
0: should we book our own personal uh, appointments now or later? Or? I, I know. Right? Yeah, how do we sign up for these courses and these appointments? Because we're there. Yeah,
2: you guys, you your producer has my info, and you just text me anytime you need anything.
0: Oh, you just open a can of worms. I'm going to be blowing uh-huh. you up.
2: I'm not afraid.
0: What the What the fuck do I do? No, I'm joking. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Darcy, thank you so much. This has been awesome. We love having you on here. You brought a Absolute lot of value pleasure. to our listeners, to us for sure. And uh, where can everyone uh, reach you? On your Instagram or they can watch your TV show?
2: Yeah, at, at Dr. Darcy Sterling. All of the all of the socials that way. All right.
1: Awesome. So now you're about the social media. So at Dr. Darcy Sterling. Love it. Bachelors in the City is hosted by me, Peter Weber.
0: And me, Dustin Kendrick. This podcast is produced by Red Rock Music and powered by Acast.
1: Our producer is Red Yocum and our associate producer is Emma Martins.
0: Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Send your voice memos to BTC at redrockmusic.com. That's BTC at R-E-D-D for your chance to be featured on the show.
1: And of course, follow us on Instagram at Bachelors in the City Podcast.
0: See you next week. Thanks for listening and sign up for our membership program to
1: become a honorary third roommate. Join now for $3 per month and enjoy the episodes
0: ad-free. Click the link in the episode description so you can move in.